Before I get started on today's CSU special, I would like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines. Located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado. Just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right smack dab in the middle of the brand new dairy block. Uh, literally in the middle. Uh, do you like wines? Do you like any sort of wine? Particularly Pinot. Uh, really, Blanchard has it all. Do you like the experience of just going down and having some wine with maybe some meats and cheeses, you know, kind of the stuff that, you know, when you listen to this podcast, you picture me consuming. Um, this place is for you. Uh, they've been open since late 2018, and they have their own vineyards in the Russian River Valley in uh, Northern California. And they are really specializing in bringing that vineyard taste to Colorado rather than having to, uh, you know, drive 250 miles to Grand Junction or fly to California. You're really getting that experience right here in the Denver metro area. I was there a couple of months ago. I loved it. Um, I had a great flight of wine, which you can get, you know, four different uh, types, and they will all be, I was impressed with everyone that I got. Once again, they are uh, Blanchard Family Wines. They are on Instagram and Facebook. They are located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, right in the middle of the dairy block, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field. When you go in, tell them Jeff from CSG Podcast sent you. What is up, everybody? Welcome to this CSG special. Uh, this is my continuing my series this month on uh, just favorite horror movies. This this uh, episode is going to feature a movie I like to call Hellraiser. Hellraiser was a concept that uh, was initialized by initiate, initialized initiated by uh, Clive Barker, the art author. Um, Clive Barker was a uh, visual artist and uh, kind of started his career there, and he kind of became an author late into his life. It was, I believe, it was well into his thirties uh, when he started writing. And uh, he started with a series of short stories, and uh, one of those stories uh, was what became into the movie Hellraiser. Um, It was something, it was called uh, Hellbound, and Barker really had an idea of what he wanted in his head, but none of them uh, were translating well um collected collected short stories they actually were something something called uh books of blood is what they were called and um he was really frustrated with it so by 1987 uh barker decided that he would venture into movie making and featured in that uh venture into movie making was one of his books of blood stories called um hellbound heart the Hellbound Heart, excuse me, and uh, it was it was going to be you know actually t- titled that. In fact, uh, he initially wanted the movie to be called Hellbound. Now his frustration led to him deciding, with no idea how to direct, 
that he would direct a movie. Uh, this was going to be his venture, and it was an all British production. It was it was uh, initiated on a very very low budget um, that he got uh, the the studio to get him. Um, he, he was produced by Film Features, but it really was it was a really really small budget. I believe it was nine hundred thousand dollars, which was it's in, night fit, picture nine hundred thousand dollars in uh, nineteen eighty seven. Um, that is, that is not much money. <laughs> um, you know, a million dollars in 1970 versus a million dollars in 1987. And you can see what, you know, maybe the differences in, in, uh, uh, uh actual ex you know, uh, able, what, what, what finances you're able to execute. So working on this budget, uh, Clive Barker, uh, stumbled his way through a movie that would go on to have nine sequels. Nine sequels to a movie called Hellraiser. Now, it really is the uh, how the best way the best way to put this is Hellraiser is a sadomasochistic semi-sexual vision of hell. Um. It is a basically the story of a man who is gifted a box in a foreign country. Uh, this man is a not a good man. Uh, in fact, this man uh, is a philanderer and a uh, known sexual abuser. And he opens a box, and after he opens a box, chains grip his body and rip his flesh. And he... Essentially, that is where that beginning scene ends. And then Frank, this, this man's name is Frank, and then you see Frank's brother, Larry, uh, come in with uh, Julia, his uh, new wife, and uh, opens this house where this guy died. He goes, into live in, uh, to, goes to live in this house. No one knows really what happened to Frank. Um, but, you know, they go in to live into this house, and uh, the rest of the story is about Frank's resurrection and uh, the people that pursue him from whatever version of hell that is. And those people are called Cenobites. And those, well, I say people, but, you know, entities are Cenobites. And they, uh, that produces what is the most enduring legacy of Hellraiser, which is um, a character that became known as Pinhead uh, later on. Uh, but in this movie, there's no such title. He is, in fact, in most of the movies, he doesn't have a title. But then in the, he has picture a man with needles, white face, if you haven't seen it before, white face, completely bald, needles all over his head, uh, wearing leather. And this man and this entity uh, uh, is specializes in hooks and, and rending flesh, basically. And, and, and it is an interesting take on what was not would normally be a schlocky horror film uh it it really is something that if you take off the 80s mid 80s cheese away from it you know you you just say okay i'm going to remove this and just look at it as it is the concept of it is interesting um how 
this man, the, the concept of, and, and really what it is, is the concept of hell, or whatever Clive, what's in Clive Barker's head about what that is, which really isn't articulated. Um, but you get this sense that it's contained in this puzzle box that Frank opens. And then Kirsty, uh, Larry's daughter, uh, opens herself, revealing the Cenobites. So it, it is, it is, uh, it is something that if you have, you, you go in to see if you go in to see Hellraiser. You got to do it with an open mind. Uh, r- understand that it is a low budget '80s horror film. Uh, understand that they did the best they could with the budget they had, and then created, for better or worse, at this point, an enduring character, a character that lasted well, well, well beyond whatever Clive Barker envisioned it would be. Um, you know, and Clive Barker went on to write more novels and all this stuff. And, uh, a lot of it, a lot of Clive Barker's, uh, material, I should say, is focused on the sexual angle of it. Um, now the interesting thing is the reviews of this movie were decidedly split. Um, it is fascinating if you go back and read it and go to Rotten Tomatoes and, and if you look at the re- reviews of this movie, uh, go to Rotten Tomatoes and look at the uh, absolute split in terms of even nationality between British critics and American critics of this movie. And it's fascinating. This is considered to be one of the best British productions of all time, all British productions of all time. Uh, even though um, uh, Ashley Lawrence is an American actress, this was really a a British film. Uh, between that and American, and I believe uh, Roger Ebert, uh, if I remember correctly, if I in my actual research of, of this movie going in, hated this movie, um, and uh, uh, it was savaged by almost every American critic. And it's fascinating this the 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 uh the difference between the two countries and the way they review this film. Um it is it is with hind- this movie scared the crap out of me when I saw it. And I saw it in 1987. Uh I was at my friend Tom's house and we snuck in and we saw this and it scared the bejesus out of me. Particular it wasn't necessarily the character that became Pinhead. It was uh, it was the guy Frank, the resurrected guy Frank, and you'll see what I mean by that. Um, it takes a while for this man to fully gain form, and the reason it takes that while is because um, Julia brings people into murder to give him blood so he can be fully reanimated from this hell dimension or whatever it was. Um, scared the living shit out of me when I was a kid. Um, and I looked, I recently rewatched the film, I think about a year ago, and my, my overwhelming thought was, this, this isn't that scary, but it's an interesting idea. And one could argue that the next film, Hellbound, Hellraiser 2, was a more disturbing movie. It wasn't directed by Clive Barker. Uh, it was uh, directed by Tony Randell, who edited... Uh, this particular, uh, the first Hellraiser. Um, you could argue that that is a more actual disturbing movie uh, with better, you know, they're still ropey, but they're better effects. Um, every Hellraiser movie was a low-budget low film. 
uh, and every Hellraiser movie made virtually no money. Uh, the Hellraiser, the first movie, made $14.6 million, which puts it as the highest grossing of the Hellraiser series. Um, that tells you something. And uh, the next movie, uh, Hellbound, was this, I think, I think the next two movies made about $12 million. On relatively small budgets, uh, I think the most of them is like $4 million, I think is what was put into these movies. And if you watch any of the sequels, and they all are increasingly worse as you get on, um, is that you could tell they are low-budget films. Uh, but some of them became more uh, HBO low-budget, low Rather than, and I what I mean by HBO low, low budget is those mid '90s HBO productions where you could tell that the film was, you know, it was made for you know four hundred thousand dollars and it was made just for TV, uh, that kind of low budget. This was a, um, but it, but more than that though, and I I, kind of, I think I'm kind of underselling it. The movie itself was very, very interesting. And the, particularly, like I said, the character Pinhead really became iconic in a movie series that made no money. And it is very, very... Now, unlike Halloween, <clears throat> Halloween, the, fir the first Halloween in 1978 made a ton of money versus a $300,000 budget. I think it got in $65, $66 million. Uh, and, then, and until the Brother Witch Project, it was the highest grossing independent movie of all time. Um, but there was, there, there's still, each subsequent Halloween movie made more money than I believe any of these Hellraiser movies made. Um, and in the 80s, sequels were all the rage. I mean, it's just, it, it was sequel hell. In, in the 80s, you had night. It's particularly for horror films. Halloween, uh, you had Hellraiser, you had uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and you had Friday the 13th. You were sequeled to death. But the reason they made these things, and, and this is something that people have to understand about 80s horror movies, they were all made for nothing. And they all it, were bankable. And particularly these Hellraiser movies, until it got to the later years... Basically, all made in money back. So if you're if you're going into a, a, a making a Hellraiser movie, you know that you're going to get back your budget. Um, and it's not like today where movies are being actually any of the comic book movies are going to be made for anywhere up to 130 million dollars. Uh, and they try to make their <laughs> their uh, production back in the first day. They, they, they really what the gambit is on those things is particularly from Disney's point of view is to make it back in the first day. These other movies were like, let's make our budget back over the low, course of this. We'll make it up more on video, or they call them rentals, but they, you know, um, the video uh, when it's released later, they, they they try to make that back, and that's the concept of these low budget horror films. And some directors are better than others. You could tell that Clive Barker is a first time director in this, but he did a good job considering he's never directed before. Um, and it's the only movie ever directed. It is a... It's... it's. I think... And this is just my opinion. I think this movie is the perfect example of what can be done with a ton of imagination 
and a quirky story. I mean, there's not much to this story. Let me just put it to you that way. There's not much to this story, but the concept of the story is very, very good. It's very interesting. It went off the rails as after the second movie. It just completely went askew. But the first two movies, are, particularly the first one, are well worth checking out. Like I said, remove the 80s cheese. Just, just go in knowing that it's going to be what it is. When you do that, and if you understand it, you'll actually be able to absorb the concept of the movie better. And I think you'll have be much better served for it. And you'll enjoy it. All right, well, that is my view on Hellbound. Well, not Hellbound. Well, Hellbound, the, the, the story, but this is Hellraiser. Uh, I'm going to have one more of these before the month is up. I hope you guys are enjoying these uh, trips down movie lane, and I'll be talking to you soon. Goodbye.